I think I get it. Like yeah. she was uh, the first female serial killer and they put a lot of, like she didn't wear makeup, right? I don't know if that she's was the, the first. You're, you're presenting her like she's the Jackie Robinson of serial killers. I think killers. she, yeah, I think she was. I think that was it's just, the whole thing, I wouldn't lead right? with that. Hello and welcome to episode number 544 of the podcast. I'm your host, Tonks McCoy. And I'm your other host, Jamie Golden. The podcast is a show dedicated to delightful idiocy or committed to educating you on things entertaining but do not matter. To find out more about these fornicative pursuits, check us out at knoxandjamie.com. That sounds like there's going to be fornication on our website. There's not. I mean, there used to be. There used to right? be in the past when we got hacked. It's fine. So check us out at knoxandjamie.com. You can also find us on Instagram and Facebook at The Popcast, and we're on Twitter at PopcastPod. Thanks for joining us this week as we are going to be talking about characters who probably did it, part two. But before we do that, have you ever thought, I would love to watch Knox and Jamie and Aaron make a supersized and visual podcast while I'm away from my regular life in a nice theater, drinking a delicious drink on a tiny trip away from my kids slash job slash dirty kitchen? Well, do we have the event for you? The Podcast Live is coming back in June for two shows. First, we will be in Dallas, Texas at Gilly's Dallas on Friday, June 21st. We will be entertaining you between inhaling all the Tex-Mex and Yellow case that we can. And second... We'll be in Chicago the very next day at the Vic Theater on Saturday, June 22nd. We'll be entertaining you there while inhaling Chicago dogs and beef dish. And to be clear, this is not a Wednesday episode where we sit in cozy chairs on stage and phone it in like some podcasts do when they do live shows. This is more like two hours of controlled chaos and comedy while you sit with a room full of people that you don't have to explain what the podcast is. Tickets go on sale next week. BFOTs get first dibs on Monday, February 26th. Then FOTs friends of the show and subscribers to note for the audio get their chance on february 27th and then the general public sale starts on wednesday february 28th all sales begin at 10 a.m central time visit knoxandjamie.com slash live to get all the details and see our gorgina artwork by bfotch julie van Heusen. the link is in the show notes ryan reynolds here from Mint mobile with the price of just about everything going up during inflation we thought we'd bring our prices down so to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. That's the sound of another sale on Shopify. In store. Shopify POS is everything you need to sell in person. From payments to inventory, Shopify unites your sales into one commerce platform. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash retail 23. Shopify.com slash retail 23. You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. All right, Jamie, uh, we are going to be talking uh, about a very uh, high-minded, lofty, kind of conceptual um, uh, episode. I like um, when we do this. But before we do that, uh, can we check in with Aaron, get that voice voice check on what it sounds like right now? Hey, everyone. Oh. It's better. 
It's it, better. It is better. It, it is. is. It is. A, it, there's still some residual upward. stuff there. Yes. You know, so I have been taking the internet's advice. I have a lot of people, vocal people. Oh, in my DMs that are helping me. Have yeah. you considered a doctor? No. Um, no. You're. Hey, by the way, Jamie got a haircut and she looks <laughs> so cute. That's exactly what she said to me when she I said, "Have you gone so to the doctor?" Cute. And she was like, "Oh my god, your hair!" It's so I've pretty. been steaming my voice. I've done ginger tea. I've done hot Dr Pepper with a lemon. Yeah. I've yeah. done all sorts of teas. So I'm I'm trending upward. Yeah, okay. it is improving. Yeah, yeah. I do I'm like sure. amateur vocal coaches reaching out. And prompt, just be like, they're hey, not, I've got some problems. No, no, no. They're and listen, she technically called them vocal people, which could just be they're loud about things they're passionate about. Sure. That's true. So, That's to be also fair. Or just people who talk, people yeah, who people, can't talk. People who have opinions about voices yeah, in my right. DMs. Yeah, no, they're professionals. So Aaron, when, so when uh, you interact with people and they're like, everything okay? Like, they're like, how do you explain it? Do you just say I'm sick or like, do you have like an excuse? I just say I I had a sinus infection mm. and I am I'm not sick anymore. But, you know, I, my job is not conducive to vocal rest. Ah, uh, okay. That's what I say. You should just start telling people, like, I'm I'm dropping a new album, so I've been singing a lot, so I've oh, really got to rest. Okay, and then you yeah. never have to drop it. Or drop an album. Wait, what's that? Yeah. Um, so we are, uh, we're here to talk about characters who probably did it. And if you have been listening for a minute, you probably recognize this from last summer, uh, because we did do an episode, uh, episode 515 called episode or a characters who probably did it. It was a snake draft. And uh, at the time that that episode um, was, I guess, conceptualized uh, and executed, it seemed very reasonable to to me, at least that when people saw the title, they'd realize that we were talking about characters or people who looked like shady or suspicious or guilty. But instead there was uh, uh, frankly a, a horny minority of our listeners who thought this was about characters who probably smashed. So well, we're kind of we're going to nuance that today. I do think that's generous to say that it was a horny minority. I do think the majority, and I don't. I think there's a comfort in that that our audience, when they think of doing it, they don't think of murder. Sure, they think of sex, and right. I kind of am comforted by that. Like they're, you know, right? Wouldn't you rather them be doing it than doing it? It's definitely a demographic of our listenership. Uh, uh, that that is for sure. You know. So one of the comments we got on that episode post came from Kirby Daniel, who said, "When I saw the title, I did think that it was quote characters who probably did it." Yeah. So no surprise of my slight disappointment as I listened and realized that wasn't the case. But also, feel free to use that idea too. And so, thank you, Kirby. We are using that idea. Thank you for executive producing this episode today, uh, right. Kirby. So we are um, going to do that. And and uh, I think to contextualize this conversation. So um, horny or non-horny listeners uh, aren't uh, displaced with understanding. Uh, maybe we should acknowledge like a very um, uh, entrenched trope when it comes to love and romance and pop culture, which is the uh, will they, won't they trope, right? That's right. So a trope, for those who don't know about a trope, a trope in pop culture refers to a storytelling convention that gets used often enough to be recognized. It could be a plot device. It could be a character archetype. For example, hot but doesn't know it. That's a very common trope. Uh, cutting hair to convey trauma, which I think pairs nicely with the trope of staring in a bathroom mirror to convey, convey self-reflection, both literally and figuratively. Will they or won't they? The trope is probably my kryptonite. It's the cherry on top of my favorite trope, which is enemies to lovers, which I it's my favorite. Um, Murray Bauman, the character in Stranger Things, if you remember, uh, Murray says he talks about will they or won't they. He says, who is Murray? Ba is that the monster? 
What? No, no. <laughs> in the last season, in the last season, when they're stuck and they've gone to Alaska or wherever, where no, yeah, because they're going. She's trying to get him from Russia, right? He's trapped okay. from Russia, and okay. Murray's the guy. I just with Google them. search Murray Bauman, and to be fair, the person who is Murray Bauman is exactly what the name sounds like. So right. that's my yeah. fault for not re- realizing. Okay. Yeah. Well, his quote in the episode, The Bite, is, and now rather than admit these feelings, you're dancing around one another with this mind-numbing and frankly boorish mating ritual. So please, for my sake, either quit your bickering or pull over, tear off these clothes and get it over with already. So that's a will they or won't they vibe. Examples would be Jess and Nick on New Girl. That's right. M- Mulder and Scully, mm-hmm. Ross and Rachel. My favorite in a current show is Janine and Gregory on Abbott Elementary. Okay. Yep. Like, yep. I know. So I love this. I love this vibe, but I do want it. Uh, I do want it. I want the deal done. I do not want it to cont- stay a mystery forever. Yeah. And uh, just uh, uh, go back to Murray Bauman. To be clear, he wasn't <laughs> talking about the kids getting it on. He wasn't saying like, y'all no. should have sex. Right. He was talking I, about the, Sheriff, adu- the consenting adults. Right? Yeah. He was okay. talking about Sheriff Hopper. Gotcha. And, uh, I just wanted to underline that. Right. I just wanted to make sure. Um, Is that, that. Does that mean I can't talk about kids doing it in the main part of the episode? Because I, mean, I do I, have kids edition. I don't want you to scrap all your content, but um, it could be a short <laughs> episode. It's just what we're saying. You I know? am just saying you're going to lose three of my best points. So <laughs> we need to get on board. I, yeah. I, I particularly love the um, hot and doesn't know it trope because that's the stupidest thing i've ever heard Uh, everybody who's hot knows it yeah and everybody who's not hot also knows it like i know i'm not hot like am i a lovely woman yes but i mm -mm. sometimes i'm charlie saron in as eileen wernos i'm not always the queen in snow white you know what i mean so have you seen monster the eileen wernos uh uh story feels like something right your alley i i think i get it like she was uh the first female serial killer and they put a lot of, like, she didn't wear makeup, right? I don't know if she was, was the, the first. You're, you're presenting her like she's the Jackie Robinson of <laughs> I think she, Yeah, I think she was. I think that was just, the whole thing, I wouldn't lead right? with that. I wouldn't be no, like, I congratulations. Think it was, it was <laughs> Lavinia, Lavinia. Google is telling me it's Lavinia Fisher, who was born in ni- 1793. Oh, okay. She was the first uh, female serial Sorry, killer. Sorry, Eileen. Yeah. Charleston. Yeah. Shout out to Charleston. Uh, I don't even know why we're talking about that. Um, <laughs> Eileen no, Wardos. I yes. like the trope. I, I want to see a trope of. Um, isn't hot but thinks they are because I feel like that's probably most people. You know, that's that's a bigger isn't that, subset. I'm sorry, I hate to say this, but isn't that white men? No, I wouldn't say that that's probably exclusive to white men. Uh, I feel very confident in saying that. I feel like that's a very that's a um uh, a universal kind of feeling across. Maybe that's the great unifier. Honestly, you know, that's what's going to bring us all together this year. The delusion we all think of it we're all. Than we are, and we're not. Well, listen, I want people to be confident. So if you think you're hot, be hot. Sure. Like, yeah. I think that's great. Um, uh, th- one of the, um, no, I do. I really do think that's great. Your, truly. your transitions just, are great. Should I show you my <laughs> notepad? I wrote, wow, that was great, Jamie. But um, luckily what we're talking about isn't a trope. Uh, I don't even know if it's a good episode idea, but we are going to explore it. Um, and uh, mainly we're going to look through the prism of uh, fictional characters who did not get together, but we think that they should have gotten together. Jamie, when um, you're thinking about this idea and premise, do you have anyone that comes to mind? Yeah, let's start with kids edition. Out of the gate, let's just like Strong. Let's just pop the cherry. Here's the thing. It's the ah, <laughs> It's the Wonder Years, Kevin and Winnie. Listen, the the way that they ended up as just pen pals and we were just supposed to accept that. Bull crap. That is bull crap. It's Winnie Mother effing Cooper. Like, you're going to do everything. And you look at yourself in the mirror and you're like, I'm Fred Savage. You're Kevin Arnold. You have got to like seize the day my friend this is winnie cooper this is amazing so for me that they they didn't get together in the long haul but they should have 
let me can I ask a question here? Um, are are you are you saying that they didn't get together because Fred Savage didn't want to? Is that the premise here? No, I mean, I just think it was like they presented it as like in the end, they're like, well, we just stayed friends. We just stayed friends. Do you know that if I'm married to Kevin Arnold at 40, you don't get to be friends with Winnie Cooper? Like, oh, hey, you don't get to not. be pen pals with Winnie no, Cooper. 100% no. I just, because I can I, look, I can look at her. I think my experience with that show was always that uh, he just got like really super hard friend zoned by Winnie Cooper in a, in a gentle, elegant way that made it to where he didn't realize how friend zoned he got and like right. he was okay with it. I don't think he was okay with it. Like, I, you know, I don't know him personally, but sure. I, if you're still pen pals, vibe, you're okay with getting friend zoned. You know what I mean? Guys aren't no. like writing pen pal letters. Oh my gosh. Are you kidding? I would, you're pen- holding out hope. You are holding on to hope for a, for a century going, well, one of these days this will turn around. Like for sure. Her spouse might die. Yeah. What if her spouse dies? Maybe, that's what he's thinking. Maybe we just disagree on uh, the friend zone because I feel like that's the fundamental premise is deep down, you know, you're not going to, it's not going to happen. But it's like the dumb and dumber. So you're telling me there's a chance, right? Yeah. But I think in, in your heart of hearts, you realize. And honestly, I just don't, I don't think Kevin Arnold should be with Winnie Cooper. You know what I mean? I think it, as much as, as me, see, and I disagree. I wanted them together so badly. I think in the same way that you're like, there are people who are delusional who think they're hot and they're not. Yeah. There are also people who think if I just wait this out long enough and they'll wait till they divorce, it'll work out. And that feels like a Kevin Arnold vibe. I think honest. you thinking Kevin Arnold should be with Winnie Cooper. I think you're propping up the patriarchy. Honestly, you're the reason <gasps> pastors have hot wives. I don't <laughs> understand any world in which Kevin Arnold is equally hot and cool as Winnie Cooper. That's insane. Oh That's no, insane. they're not. No, but he's he's a precious baby angel, and they were together all like they were friends. It just was a natural conclusion that they would end up in love and be together forever and have cute babies. He yeah, loves but her. Winnie he Cooper doesn't get with a precious baby cherub-cheeked angel, okay? Listen, Ashley got with a cherub-faced angel. Why can't? <laughs> I think you can say a lot of things Winnie? about me. cherub face is probably not one of those. You know, <laughs> gap tooth guy. There's a lot of things you could say, but not, not <laughs> angelic in any uh, uh, form or fashion. I'm going to say um, uh, fictional characters that didn't get together should have. I like me and Sebastian from La La Land. Um, because that whole movie is set up that they're both pursuing their dreams. And I just assumed they were going to get together at the end. I just yeah. assumed it was going to work out. And, um, uh, I, my favorite scene for that movie is when, um, cause I like that she's seeing him in these, in these terrible vans. And then he eventually gets in with John Legend and it's that when they do start a fire, um, and it starts in Sebastian's playing his piano, right? Spotlights on him. And Mia's in the crowd. And she's like, He's living his dream. So happy for him. And then like the big band kicks up and the background singers. I don't know what your name is, but I like it. I've been thinking about some things I want to try. And he looks at her and just shrugs his shoulder and like starts playing synth notes. Right. And it's just like <laughs> the biggest sellout moment. Right. Yeah. And, yeah. and he's just like, it, it, it's not much, but it's a living. And it reminds me because that's what I felt like at the end of the Bachelor recaps. Like when the, the Zach Shellcross season. I felt like Ryan Gosling oh. just playing the synth notes, being like, it didn't much, but it pays the bills. God, I forgot that we <laughs> recap Zatch's season. It was tough. It was it tough. Was but tough. I, I think it's one of those, I'm glad they didn't get together uh, because <laughs> I respected the choice and it was the right choice. Sure. But it did. It just, it, 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 it felt like a, like, like a kick uh, to see the drummer from that thing you do cook Sebastian at the end. That what was just something I was ready that? for, you know, Sorry. in terms of, um, Aaron, I'm going to assume you are super familiar with Ryan Gosling's, um, IMDb, like all of the movies you've seen them all definitely for sure. Yeah. yeah for if sure. I gave both of you, like, what's your favorite Gosling performance? 
And I said, I said, you can't pick Barbie. I'm going to take it out of the equation. Okay. Just for recency okay. bias. Okay. I'm going to say nice guys, crazy with love, notebook, La La Land. Remember the Titans, Mickey Mouse Clubhouse. Which of those are you like, that's the one I want the most? Well, it doesn't include, the list does not include my favorite. So I will go with that list. I would say. Mine's crazy, stupid love. Okay. That's a good one. Yeah, I do like that. I, mine is Drive, but I love him in Nice Guys. Nice Guys is so underrated. What's your, fa- so what's your favorite part about Drive? Why why you like Gosling and Drive? Because I like that jacket he wears. Oh, is this is it only point. physical? Is it only physical? I like I like his. Don't vibe. objectify him, Jamie. I shall. He's an actor. Yeah. I mean, but he's also a cutie patootie. That's only for the white men to do. You're not allowed to do that. That's ours <laughs> exclusively. <laughs> Got it. Okay. No, good. the right answer is a gray man. That's that's his best performance. But um, holy, you know, I, I just wanted to take that off the board. Okay. If if Barbie had been in that mix, would both of you have picked uh, him, Ken, and Barbie? Yes, I do love him and Barbie. No, I would still pick Crazy Stupid Love. I like it because it's the range. It's it's serious, uh, uh, attractive GQ guy, but then also yeah. he gets emotional. You know, I know. It opens up it's a little bit. So Good gosling stuff. I know. Aaron, when um when you think about this idea, fictional characters didn't didn't get together, but should have. Do you have anybody that comes to mind for you? I have one that is very near and dear to my heart, and this is Hermione Granger and Draco Malfoy. Yes. Mm. yes. We all know that Ron should have never been able to breathe the same air. As Hermione Granger, That's exactly right. He isn't. He is a doofus, a lovable doofus. But they, they, they were friends. That's all. Yeah. That's all. This is not a person you build a life with. This is not a person who is going to be able to hold serve with Hermione Granger, the brightest witch of her age. Uh, this is a person who Hermione Granger is going to be winning Nobel Peace Prizes. Hermione Granger is going to be like the the smartest person in the world like like building things and getting awards and all sorts of things ron does not belong in that yep, equation absolutely not but someone else does and that is draco malfoy mm. who is also very smart and does he listen does he have to atone for some things he does but child trauma yeah sure. absolutely he was a child um i just think one there's a little bit of that between Emma and Tom anyway. Yeah. Mm. Um, also, maybe there is a little bit of fanfic that I might be uh, might be slipping into this. Okay. Somebody might have read the mortifying ordeal of being in love that I greenlit earlier maybe this year. Maybe I did. Maybe How many did. times have you read it? Don't worry about it. None <laughs> of your business. Um, but they, I do think that they they would make a much better couple than Hermione and Ron ever dreamed of making. I just think they would have so much chemistry. Oh, they have amazing chemistry. And listen, they, I mean, they've got that, like, they've got that, like, enemies to lovers thing. Like, she punched him once. He was such a jerk to her. And like, but she can like out math him and Mm. out science him and out witch him, you know, in any day. Oh, it'd be great. It would be great. Give me the rom-com. I'm ready. Yeah. I do like the, the vision of Hermione's history that you described uh, Aaron as building things and winning awards. I feel like that is, that's yeah, exactly that what was, I have envisioned yeah. for her too. You know, like she's, she's going to be like solving like world hunger. Right. You know, yeah. she's, she's not going to be like having tiny Weasleys. No. Running around. So you, like, you want to play charades with our 15 kids? No, she's solving no. big problems. Bro. Thank you. Yeah. Mm. She's got, she's got business to handle. It's got a big, beautiful brain. Okay. Yeah. And he's not going to respect that. No. Ron I, Weasley. It, it does, because obviously, I, I guess, um, I don't know, I, I, I may be so bold as to suggest like this fan fiction is really 
considered this idea of the of the Draco Malfoy. I don't think it it didn't seem like it had a lot of like cultural footing before the fan fiction because uh, I feel like Harry was always the one is like that's who she should have ended up with. But I, and I think the three of us even talked about that is like, I don't know if that even works either, but it's better than Ron. But I don't know if that's the perfect alternative, you know, it's I think Draco is. the perfect And I do. Th- but I do agree. I do think Harry should have ended up with somebody else because that chemistry with Jenny was non-existent. Well, it's better in the book. Oh, it's is it? much okay. better in the book. Let's solve a couple problems. Jenny's not. Like Let's go, Ginny and Ron. It's a magical world. Incest is cool or whatever. First cousin. No, I don't know. Whatever. No, 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 no. We don't do that. Okay, okay. Oh, I'm just no, talking no. a lot. No bad ideas. No this bad ideas. This is not Game of Thrones. This is not Game of Thrones. <laughs> the more I'm thinking about this Draco Hermione thing, I feel like you know we we've got Harry Potter and then we've got the Cursed Child. I feel like if we had a little interlude like Harry Potter, the college years, and that's when Draco and Hermione, oh, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. like study abroad or something, and they're like, mm-hmm. oh man, this guy. I know he tried to kill Dumbledore, kind of, and probably Harry several times, but like. It's complicated. He was forced to kill Dumbledore. That's right. Right. Okay. He was forced. It's like 50 50. child. Him and, or his dad. Like, it, it wasn't him, you he know? He was trying to save his family. Falsely accused assassin. Thank you. Yeah. And <laughs> I feel like snake, we could, we could cut, we could bridge that a little easier. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, That's what I, I'm so I think that'd be nice. Um, okay. I've got uh, one more uh, in this um, uh, genre of fictional characters who didn't get together, but I think should have. Uh, and, uh, this one, before I say like who the coupling is, I want to talk about the character first, like the center, center point It's Velma Dinkley from Scooby-Doo. Okay. Canonically, non-canonically, there's a lot of varieties of how people interpret, um, who Velma should have been with. Um, traditionally she's like shown in relationships in the comics, uh, uh, like with, uh, with dudes. Like I didn't know she, uh, she was with Shaggy at one point in like one version and they even have a son. Uh, in one of the comics, uh, uh, she's with Johnny Bravo at one point, which blew my mind. Uh, but a lot, a lot of male uh, traditional characters, nothing like substantial, right? Um, and then, like, and I think in the 2010s, starting in the 2010s, uh, there was some depictions where she was romantically interested in the ladies. Uh, and a character named Coco Diablo. I don't know who that is. That's a sick name. Like, God, so that name is so good. It really is. Um, so, what I did find out though, I was like, we can do better. And I was looking into it. And I was like, what, what's her latitude here, right? What are the boundaries? What are the guardrails? What can I work with here? And I found out that the Scooby-Doo cast belongs to a loosely shared universe. And it's called the Cartoon Reboot Universe. And it's uh, mm-hmm. a group of shows that have been reboot into. So the weather's getting warmer. And I'm so excited to say goodbye to jackets and sweaters. And hello to dresses and tees. I'm so glad that I found Quince because not only can I update my wardrobe for the long haul, but I can do it without spending a fortune. Even Penthouse Jamie She's trying to save her cash dollars in this economy. Y'all know how I value quality. And I want to find timeless pieces that keep me looking effortlessly chic year after year. Now, Quince has just restocked their $40 linen wide leg pant, which I am super bummed to try. They have such a nice drape to them. And they're 100% linen, which means they'll be super breathable. And I'll feel like I'm wearing no pants at all, which is my preference. I'm also loving the look of the organic cotton gauze roll sleeve shirt, which is also $40. Guys, true story. Like, they have great pieces. I am obsessed with the cardigan I have and the sunglasses I have. The Leon sunglasses are dope. Their prices truly cannot be beat. All Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands because they partner directly with top factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics. They cut out the cost of the middleman and pass that savings on to us. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pop for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash pop to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash pop. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors, big, 
small ones, whether it's the stress that comes with planning a big event, having to redo the electrical in your entire house unexpectedly, or simply having to go on a picnic lunch when you'd rather be home pantless watching your favorite show. Stress is truly a universal experience that if left unchecked can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space where you can get things off your chest and work through anything that's weighing you down big or small. I've truly noticed such a difference in my stress level since I started therapy years ago, making it a priority and a consistent part of my routine has allowed me to relieve my stress in a very safe environment instead of bottling it all. As someone who has a hard time sitting in my feelings, it's given me the habit of reflection so I can identify and deal with stressors early on before they overwhelm me. BetterHelp is a convenient, flexible, and entirely online, making it easy to stay consistent. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash podcast pod today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash podcast pod. This episode is brought to you by our amazing sponsor, Olive and June. As a longtime user of Olive and June and as the chairman and co-founder of the We Don't Wear Open Toe Shoes If Our Feet Are Not Presentable Club, I don't think we talk enough about their petty system. Listen to me. Now, the weather is getting warmer. I know you're going to be tempted to go out without just like even acknowledging your winter feet maybe need to just have a little buff. You know what I mean? And I'm going to need you to stop right now and order a petty system immediately. Like their Manny system, Olive and Jean's petty system comes with everything you need to get those feet ready and presentable without the hassle of going to a salon, including the Posey, which is this brilliant footstool that opens up and you can use it to store everything in. It also comes with a smoothing foot file and hydrating foot serum, which are both mandatory if you ever plan to be around me with your toes on display. I just love how generous they are and they just sent us the quick dry spring collection and the Kalazog Gorgina. They truly have the best shades, whether you like bright colors, pastels, or neutrals. The Kitten Quick Dry is my go-to neutral shade, but if I'm in the mood for something fun, I've been reaching for Flamingo, which is this bright coral pink shade that is just perfect for spring. Just like their regular polishes, the Quick Dry are super long-lasting, and the best part is they dry in just about a minute. I'm as obsessed with the Quick Dry for doing my pedicures as I am with the tab press-ons for my manis because they are so quick and easy and give the best results every single time. Visit oliveandjune.com slash podcast for 20% off your first system. That's O-L-I-V-E-A-N-D-J-U-N-E dot com slash P-O-P-C-A-S-T for 20% off your first system. This episode is brought to you by Pear Eyewear. I just love a reason to celebrate a niche pop culture themed holiday, don't you? Whether it's April 25th, known as the perfect date, when all you need is a light jacket. If you know, you know, or better yet, May the 4th. I'll gladly go all in. I was trying to think of a fun way to decorate R2 Dusty in honor of this most holy day of the year. And then I found out that Pear Eyewear just launched a Star Wars themed collection. Now I think I might have to celebrate by getting some new top frames for me instead, because the force is just that strong in their newly launched Star Wars collection. You guys, I'm not even joking. These frames are so adorable. And when I saw that they had a Grogu gradient, I could not contain my excitement. They have 21 unique designs that are all perfectly niche in the most delightful way. Their interpretations of familiar Star Wars icons are like fun Easter eggs that you can easily snap onto your favorite glasses whenever you're in the mood for a change. I love that their frames are so affordable at just $25 and that changing them is so easy. Hearing that little snap when you change out your frames, so satisfying. From legendary battles to formidable icons, these epic designs are for true fans. And whether you side with the Rebels, the Dark Side, or the Mandalorian, Pair Eyewear has got you covered. One pair, infinite possibilities. Go to PairEyewear.com and use code POP for 15% off your first pair and support the show by mentioning that the podcast sent you in your post-checkout survey. That's P-A-I-R-Eyewear.com, code POP. Like dark, gritty, live-action uh, movies, right? Or, or, or TV shows, whatever. Um, and that's why I think Velma Dinkley and Captain Planet 
should match up because they do belong to the same universe. And for Velma, I always think, you know, she's been portrayed as like mousy or bookish, but really I feel like she's the uh, heart of Mystery Incorporated. So I feel like it'd be awesome for her to be like, be able to reference like I have this international boyfriend. Everyone's like, yeah, yeah, Velma, whatever. Is he from Canada? Is he like, you meet him at summer camp? Like what is he like even real? And then boom, Captain Planet shows up and it's like, whoa. It's freaking Captain Planet. I think that'd be amazing. Yeah, because she, I think in the most current or the most recent uh, iteration of uh, Velma, like mm-hmm. played by Mindy Cohen, Mindy Cohen, Mindy Kaling, that uh, she has a crush on, she admits she has a crush on uh, the blonde guy. Fred, thank yeah. you. She has a crush on Fred. And, and I think when Captain Planet shows up and he recycles and he cares about like keeping, keeping it all together. And Fred is just like, I use hair dye because adult blondes aren't real. Like, yeah. They have to dye their hair to stay that way. Yeah. And so I just like the idea that she would be like, you know what? I'm interested in this guy who cares about fossil fuels and yeah. is trying to figure, it's trying to figure out some stuff so that we can stay on this planet. What's the carbon like footprint that. of that ascot, Fred? Probably big. You know, Captain Planet over here, he has a much smaller carbon footprint. Uh, do, you, do you like, was Captain Planet in like the, like the sweet spot of your uh, uh, experience, Jamie? Like, did you get a lot of Captain Planet? No, I listen, I stayed in Muppet Babies too long, yeah. like, went too long, okay, in Muppet Babies, and then went straight to Say by the Bell. So, gotcha. I didn't get any good because I wasn't into the only heroes that I was into were He Man and She Ra, and it was also because it felt like a lot of Will They Won't They, and they did <laughs> right. not, yeah, while I was eight years old, and so the, I, I did not have a lot of Captain Planet. That was a sharp curve. Isn't he, doesn't go he from have like, like an Avengers group? Isn't there like a whole group of people with Captain Planet? Or oh, that, what that, do you think? What do you think Captain Planet? Like, what's the, what do you think the deal is? How do you think? Oh, wait, is, is that a whole group of people that's called Captain Planet? So is this like, I don't know. What Velma's do you think? down to Orge? Work is that out, what's man. happening? What, work it out. Um, I think Captain Planet is one person. It's a guy. And he comes from another planet that has died because of the use of gasoline do you think that planet is called planet so he's like it could be pluto and he's like pluto gone because they just kept driving them big ass trucks yep (laughs) yep and so i've come to america to save you from what happened to us on jupiter yeah like i think it's that is that right that's you nailed it exactly word for word it almost feels like you're reading it yeah is it a group of people uh, well, it's, it's, it's a group of stay on trend with you for this episode. It's a group of children, um, that he influences, oh, which look, ew. Aaron, I feel they like have rings. Yeah. It was and when their powers <sighs> combine, they make Captain Planet. Yeah. He, they make a person. Well, not I mean, like a baby. Like Is it like multiple him. personality disorder? Nope. No. This it's kids. And, uh, it's like all the elements. Let our powers combine. Like rubbing in like a genie's bottle. Uh, I, a the bottle. second you said rubbing, I knew it was going to genie's go in a bottle. Genie in a bottle. Don't Christiana, Christiana Aguilera, <laughs> me Christiana Aguilera. Because you're saying that when they put their rings together, a person appears yeah, like uh, a genie. Well, yeah, like the, yeah, it's it's essentially. I mean, uh, we disparaged you a little bit, but essentially, it is like an <laughs> ecological genie. I think that's fair. Okay, you know, um, but he does have a mullet. That's the important part. How do they get rid of him? Like if they don't want him to stay around, man, I don't know. No, everyone's, everyone's obsessed with how to get Captain Planet. No one, (laughs) 
wants to know how to get rid of them, right? Because like he must be a, that great. They're like, no, come hang. There's a really good Don Cheadle sketch. I don't know where he did it, but about Captain Planet and like how it goes a little weird. Like it's not great. And he dresses up like Captain Planet. Maybe Indy can put that in the show notes. But um, I did see uh, he has a mullet because it's supposed to be a symbolism of nature and forests. Uh, and I just thought Velma would appreciate that. <laughs> I thought it was more like business in the front dealing with Greta and climate change. Yeah. Party in the back. Right. We also have a good time. Like I, I like that you put Greta out. and climate change together as so, like they're working together. Like they did climate Greta's change. Greta's doing it. She's they the ruined only person Pluto say this. with the gas guzzlers. <laughs> and now I'm here to say, say this. That's right. Uh, but we'll go to our next uh, uh, topic here. Fictional characters who did get together, who were together, right? But yes. we think they shouldn't have got together. Jamie, what do you have? Okay, I'm going to do one for the boomers and the Gen X. This one's just for you. And that is Sandy and Danny from Greece. What? Uh. A ridiculous situation that is. So Talk about someone who was purity cultured before it was a thing, right? So we have a situation where they've met in the summer. They've had a summer fling. It's been amazing. They both come back from it, really having enjoyed their experience personally. But then he does what the jerk does in high school. And he's like, yeah, I hit that. Like a tap that. Whatever 70s language was. And... Uh, and then, so he insinuates that they had, and then spreads that rumor across the school, school while she's in her adorable little pony and her cute little pink A-line skirt. And he public hu- humiliates her several times. He's only interested in her when she's dating the other blonde guy who's very hot, like very hot. Very hot. Right. And then she's to change everything about herself. What, what should have happened at the end is she should have done that. She should have put on them leggings and that leather jacket. And gotten that big Gorgina hair. And then she should have like teased him and then kicked him in the nuts and like left him on that, like uh, the crazy mirror ride and just left him behind and been like, yeah, I'm hot now and I'm gonna go get something better this summer. She's Australian. You're Australian and hot and blonde. You can have anything you want. That's what we've learned from Kate Blanchett. You can have anything you want. And you're choosing ugh, Danny Zuka. He doesn't even like you. Not really. He just doesn't. He doesn't like that. He can't have you. So they should not have ended up together. Um, I did look up some 70s slang for sex. Oh, uh, great, great, great. The, the main one I saw was balling, which I don't love. I don't like that at all. God, that's just like you, you need to be you need to be looking at 50s slang. I don't know if I've mentioned this before, but I was Rizzo in Greece. Oh, that's so right. It's I am set in the expert. 50s. That's right. It's the movie came out in the 70s. You may want to look at 50s okay. slang. 50s slang. Just well, as did. a dramaturge, I might want to help you with that research. Thank you, Theater. I appreciate you leading that. us dramaturgically. Just, um thank you. I was led to a mental floss article about uh sex slang terms uh, across hundreds of years. Oh, uh, oh. And oh, it's a got- fascinating read. I, I won't go through the whole thing, but there's one called Dance the Barnaby. <laughs> there's uh, a the <laughs> Making Barnaby. Feet for Children's Stockings, which, ew, don't love it. Um, And then oh. Dance the Kipples. Dance the Kipples. Making yeah. Feet for Children's Stockings? I guess In 1910, there was one called Get One's Ashes Hauled, which. Oh, I'm actually into that. Like, that's know. a great. That's a great. Like, you want all my ashes? <laughs> like, that's good. That's, that's why we got into World War One. honestly. It was just a <laughs> translation uh, misunderstanding. <laughs> Um, let's see. I've got, uh, I'm not gonna say Jim and Pan cause it's too obvious I'm trying to be creative here. Um, uh, Wait, I'm gonna go. But you don't think they should have ended up together. They were together, but they shouldn't have been together. That's obvious. Oh. Right. We know that's that. A hot, <laughs> that's yeah. a hot take. That's a spicy flavor. Tale. I think the years since the office has been kind to Karen Filippelli and not to Pam. 
you know? So I just, I think I agree. Karen song. was, Karen was a delight. Like she moved yeah. for you, dog. She moved for you. You know, I don't know. God, it's just, it's yeah. tough. I'm going to say, um, uh, I really like, so this one's complicated because they, um, they did get together and I liked it and it was like my favorite part, but, um, I kind of stand in the show actually made the choice that they shouldn't have got together. So we kind of had our cake and eat it too. I uh, got to eat it too a little bit. I'm going to say Fleabag and, and Hot Priest. <laughs> right. Because I, and, and the only nuance I'll apply is like that, you know, the second season, the scenes, her breaking the fourth wall, um, yes. uh, him noticing her breaking the fourth wall yes. and being like, what's this about? So, you know, like he saw her, like he, like he understood her, like on a molecular level for the first time. I would have just wanted like, I don't know, two, maybe three scenes of them like together, trying it out. And then they'd be like, then they, they still end where they end, you know? You mean trying out life together, not trying out the fun, because we got those scenes. Broad application, however you want that to be, you right. know, whatever you need that to be. Yeah. Um, I like, I like the idea of just leaning into that a little bit more, giving, giving us a little bit more of a sense of that, of that chemistry and that connection. You know, that last scene. It's heartbreaking, but I do think it was the right choice because like, there's something really like we had, it was a great moment while we had it and Fleabag's going to find love again, no doubt. And then he gets to love God. It yeah. worked out. Good for him. Yeah. Good for everybody. Everybody wins. And again, just and she like she got to tap that. She got to tap that real hard. Yeah. See, so like it, it got out. to happen, but then ask for forgiveness or whatever. But like, just like La La Land, I, I like the choice. I appreciate it. It doesn't mean I'm not going to be a little bitty baby about it and just like right. want some other things just for my personal emotional well being. Yeah. You know? No, I would love, oh my gosh, seven seasons and a movie. Go Come on. on. Let's do it. Aaron, anybody, anywhere for you, fictional characters who, who did get together, but you don't think should have? Yes. Um, I think that Mindy and Danny from the Mindy Project, Mm. nothing made me angrier than what they did to Danny after he and Mindy had baby Leo. Those first few seasons, Danny, like, is just rom-com perfection. And then they absolutely murdered Mm. Danny's character, turned him into an abusive, like, gross patriarchal jerk that was such a a a-hole to Mindy and just generally, and then they rushed a reunion between the two of them. It was such garbage. I'm so, I will forever be angry about it. It it is, it infuriates me. Like I, they, it was just the perfect, like it was the perfect chemistry and they ruined it. They ruined it. They ruined it. But, you know, because if you look at Danny, the guy that does that dance. Christmas Cena doing that dance. Oh my that gosh. scene compared to Danny in Readers at like a year later, like doing his Sudokus. And yeah. you're like, what has happened What is going you? on? Don't you disparage so those readers because they came apart in the middle. Those were incredible. Yeah. And <laughs> Aaron shots great. fired at Sudoku and people playing games on their phone to keep their brain healthy. I like Sudoku. Sudoku. It's fine. Sudoku. But like, I just, they turned him into such a mean, like just petty little 1950s baby back B word. Yeah. And it just made me, it, it didn't make any sense. And I know they did it because he went off and shot other stuff. And he didn't want to be on the show anymore, but it just, it could have been, yeah, just, that's a just sh- trash. That's a show that in an, in like now doing six to eight episodes a season, three seasons. Oh yeah. It'd be a delight. I yeah. Know. It's, it's one of those so where it's like, it should have been two seasons. Yeah. No one was incentivized to do that though. The network wasn't, Mindy wasn't, 
the actors most of the time uh, weren't. Um, and so it just keeps going. And then it turns into not even anything remotely resembling what it was originally. So you that get weird kiss. developments like that. Oh, that plane kiss. My gosh. Oh, so good. So good. It infuriates me. I'm so angry. I'm still mad about it. It's tough. I think they were just keeping that alive for Ike Barinholtz. They're like, Ike's got it. He needs insurance. He's got to have a job. Ike is the reason that show failed. <laughs> yeah, you may be right. Um, Jamie, what else you got on this one? Okay, of course. And I think we can all agree. Like, even even our affection. Even precious baby Maisie, RAF from Game of Thrones, who is now retelling us all about Twilight because she says she watches the entire franchise once every six months because that's how much she loves it. But she could even agree that Bella and Edward should not have been together. Mm. There are so many problems. Why... Bella and Edward should not have been together. First of all, there's just the fact that they're not the same species. That's the first problem. They later become the same species just because he, there's no choice, right? But I think, and, and you could make an argument for like, he has a pathological obsession with her, which is not healthy. That will result later in some uh, protection orders being issued. I think also watching someone sleep for literally months to a year Without them knowing, also not great. Y'all not getting um, Netflix up there? Like, what's up? Like, is this the best entertainment you I, got? I do not like that. If you read Midnight Midnight Sun, Aaron, have you read Midnight Sun? No. No. So Midnight Sun, Stephanie Meyer retold the first Twilight novel, but all from Edward's perspective, which I loved. And that's called Midnight Sun. And we'll put a link in the show notes so you can read it because she made it available free online. It's also problematic because you get a lot more of his misogyny because now you're like, oh, his mind isn't different than we think it might be. It's actually worse about how he feels about this teenager when he's 100 years old. So there's also like an age issue. You don't stay 17 when you look 17, but you live 100 years. Like you have it. You just you just look young. It's not that you are young. And then, of course, the primary reason they should not have gotten together is Renesmee's face and so and now you're gonna have to be you because of y'all you got that ugly baby that's now gonna have to marry your ex-boyfriend like because it's imprinted on that werewolf the whole thing is a cluster it's not good um do you i don't know if they ever discussed this or established this um and forgive me for not being familiar with the text but um do you think that in in the world of twilight like pop culture also has like true blood like they have vamp That's like dracula question. or something like that or if it's like we don't know what this is whoa surely they have some source text right you would think like, so because i thought why wouldn't he be up like binging true blood instead of watching her sleep there's any possibility that he could do besides watching her sleep that just makes more sense to me at least yeah. vampire diaries yeah. i don't know is that a show pretty little liars that is a that. show he feels yeah. like I'm kind of a liar about my humanity. So I'm really vibing with this mystery. Rosalie know? from Twilight, it, the actress, is married to Ian Somberalder from uh-huh. Vampire Diaries. Really? They're married and have cute, hot babies. Good for them. Not hot, like sexy babies. Although mm-hmm. maybe they're sexy. Yeah. You just meant temperature. I don't know how, I'm gonna look. I don't know how they're parented, but. How is Ian Somberalder not in Twilight? He just looks so, he looks so vampirical. That it feels yeah. like it's a failure of his agent not to always to have fair, him cooking. Think stuff. about all the vampires in Twilight. Your hottest one is Michael Sheen. No, mm. no, this is that not is a group. This why. is not a group. Like really, only what's the what's the the bulky guy? Who was the bulky guy? 
you're you're asking <laughs> me gay. you're asking me to tell you this, and you know I know, but it's going to be shameful that I know. So I'm not going to tell you, Kellen Lutz. Um, I'm just eh, going to okay. Thank you, that. Emmett. Emmett. Emmett was probably the only one that even sort of felt like because God, Alice, what a also a problem like her hair you think in a hundred years you haven't figured out how to do better hair y- y'all acting like this is 1999 it's 2010 this is so weird listen i know but, we talked about this but they're big baseball fans like they play baseball like as much as they can during lightning storms because people like aren't around and the thunder covers up the bat like why wouldn't he be like watching the mariners and being like man i want to see what each was up to you know well, you, I don't you know think it's because is, he's but. like this is like watching little league y'all aren't even any good like so I'll watch a girl sleep us. instead. I don't know. Even watching, I'll watch the Little World series. I could go yard on any of those pictures, but I still watch it because it's entertaining. <laughs> but I'm watching people sleep. It's insane. Um. Okay. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna wrap up here with. Uh. I've got so fictional characters who did get together but shouldn't have. I'm gonna say. Um. Zach Efron with any of his love interest in any movie. Okay. Oh. They were together. Shouldn't have got together. Right. I'm not disparaging what? Zach. I'm just saying. Let's just understand what this actually is. Uh. And I think instead, he should have got together. With all of his male co-stars, because he has so much more chemistry with all of his male co-stars, right? That is true. And neighbors, who's he have more chemistry with? Anybody or Seth? Seth Rogen, obviously. Yeah, Seth Rogen, the greatest showman. Oh, Hugh Jackman. Yeah, I think in terms of chemistry between actors, it's the greatest showman with Jackman and Efron. Skip a bunch. The Notebook with Gosling and McAdams. It's not even close. They blow him off the screen, right? Um, High School Music uh, musical. His Basketball team, I think he's got way more chemistry with those guys. Mike Chad. and Dave need wedding dates. Adam Devine, way more chemistry. Yes. Baywatch, exactly right. The Rock. Um, I just, I think we're we're sleeping on, um, like he might have the misdirected chemistry belt. You know, he might have taken it from Tom Cruise a few years ago. We just haven't acknowledged it yet because he just does not have, like Tom Cruise famously does not have chemistry with female co-stars. No. Right? Um, no. And in The More You Know This Week, we talk about he's, he's uh, soft launching a very real definite room every spring i'm reminded that there's nothing like a fresh start in spring cleaning this year we're taking things one step further with our spring refresh at the mccoy house sure it's been a lot of work to get here but we're all so excited to settle into our new space if you've ever moved before you know there's nothing like the first night in a new room and the difference that soft breathable all new bedding can make bowl and branches signature sheets are the perfect way to start upgrading your sleep and are designed to feel incredible for all sleepers they're made with the finest 100 organic cotton and feel incredible on night one yet they still get softer with every single wash bowl and branch very kindly sent us a code to try out their sheets and i and by i i mean my wife ashley picked the signature hemmed sheet set and cream we both were so impressed that the quality and softness were so good and so nice they were super breathable which i'm also thankful for with summer just around the corner sleep better with the softest most breathable bedding from bowl and branch go to bowlandbranch.com slash podcast for 15 percent off your first sheet set plus free shipping that's bowl and branch b-o-l-l-a-n-d branch.com slash podcast for 15% off exclusion supply see site for details why don't more infant formula companies use organic grass-fed whole milk instead of skim why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. That's the sound of another sale on Shopify. In store, Shopify POS is everything you need to sell in person. 
From payments to inventory, Shopify unites your sales into one commerce platform. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash retail23. Shopify.com slash retail23. Man's girlfriend situation. And problematic on every level. Every level. We talked about it. But it's definitely real and normal for yeah. him. Don't worry, yeah. guys. Nothing Don't to see worry. here. But, I, I, you know, I think like... I was thinking of, let, let me give you guys a couple, a, a couple people who I think really have no chemistry with their um, traditional like love interests in, in, okay. in a movie. You tell me if anyone's better, uh, uh, better th- misdirected chemistry than, than Zac Efron. Uh, okay. I mentioned Tom Cruise. I think Chris Pratt deserves to be discussed in this, right? Um, Keanu Reeves, I think. Jennifer Lopez. The Rock. I think Jennifer Aniston. I think I think is David Schwimmer like an incredible actor. We just didn't realize it in retrospect, given how little chemistry she has with her love interests. Yeah, I agree. Jennifer Aniston for sure, no chemistry. J Lo with George Clooney and Out of Sight, I might mm-hmm. make a case for barely. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Tom Cruise, no. Uh, who else did you mention? Chris Pratt with the Raptors from Listen. the Jurassic World with Rocket Raccoon. <laughs> yes, with Riggins from but the Terminal List. I do think Tons Chris Pratt has good chemistry with Jennifer Lawrence in that god awful Passengers. I don't know, man. I don't know when maybe he wakes her well, up. Well, maybe the bored. issue is that Jennifer Lawrence has chemistry with everyone. I think that's true. I yeah, think that's that true. That's another movie of a guy watching a woman sleep and being like, "This is normal. <laughs> this is cool." And is like, "I'm gonna wake her up," <laughs> which, by the way, don't do that. Yeah, let her sleep. She just wants to sleep. Yeah. Um, no, I mean, I, Keanu Reeves, yeah. Keanu Reeves Keanu, is in there too. Here's the thing. Keanu Reeves in, uh, always be my baby. Uh-huh. It's very sexy. He's very, and in speed with Sandra Bullock. Or I forgot. About Sandra, speed. I forgot. About speed. Or That's does true. Sandra Bullock have chemistry with everybody? Oh, mm, I don't they know all have chemistry with the bus. Yeah. Maybe that's what it is um, with maybe adrenaline. Is. Maybe the chemistry yeah. is with the adrenaline. Oh, the bomb. Yeah. Yeah. I think yeah. Keanu Reeves is like, he has good chemistry with Bill as Ted. And he has good chemistry with the puppy in like the first 30 seconds of John Wick. And that's pretty much it besides the bus. That's speed, true. That's true. You know, about Zac Efron, it, the Iron Claw, he does. He has no chemistry with Lily James. Yeah. None. But all the chemistry with every man in the movie. <laughs> like, that's true. Yeah. That's okay. That's a good thing. That's a, yeah, that's a, no, it's that's great. a fine thing. But it's you know? presented as like, no, no, he married her. He was in love with her. Well, you cannot tell. Not a lot but of evidence like of that other. in the text, yeah. guys. I, I just don't That's know what right. to tell you. Um, okay. That is our conversation on characters who probably did it or characters who did it and probably shouldn't have done it. You know, uh, if you have thoughts and opinions on our thoughts and opinions, please let us know. Noxjamie.com slash 544. All right, Jamie, you want to do some lights? <gasps> Let's do some lights. All right. What is your red light this week? Okay. My red light this week is Bryce Dallas Howard. Now, for those who don't know, she's an actress. She played Hilly in The Help. She was Claire in the second generation of Jurassic movies. She was Ivy in the village. And to be fair, I do like Bryce Dallas Howard. She's in my, I like her like as a person for the most part. And she was in my top three episodes of Black Mirror, which is nosedive. Like I loved her episode. But here's the thing. She did an interview with Marie Forleo this weekend, which is like a business babe who just was like, give us your best like life advice and like tell us what you've learned and at like with from your grandmother. And so as a reminder, Bryce House Howard is a famous multi-generation Nepo baby. Her grandparents were both actors. Her father is famed director Ron Howard, who was an actor 
from age like five. And her godfather is literally Henry Winkler. Um, now, my favorite fun fact about the Howard family is that Ron Howard, all of his children, their middle name is where they were conceived. So Bryce Dallas Howard, um, he has twins, Jocelyn and Paige. Their middle name is Carlisle, both of them, because it was the Carlisle Hotel in New York City. And then my famous one, my favorite one is the brother, Reed, whose middle name is Cross. And uh, Ron Howard said, well, it's the street in London because uh, Volvo isn't a very good middle name. Bro, that's gross. Like, don't <laughs> name a kid Texaco because you made a bad decision. That's absurd. That's right. That's right. But in this interview, she is asked about perseverance. Okay. And I do love when people who have been wealthy since the day they came out of the womb talk about perseverance. I'm not saying that you can't be super wealthy and not have challenges. Of course you can. Uh, Maybe more so because you don't think you do and you do. But she says, um, my grandmother was saying, how many auditions do you think that you'll go on typically before booking a job? This was before she had Well, this is before she said she had a job. And so she said, I guess 10. And my grandmother said, no, it's 64. One in 64 auditions is the average. And she said, this was a clarifying moment for me to have an understanding of what the odds statistically were. I feel in creative businesses, there's so much romance. It's like this person did one thing and then they skyrocketed to just never ending success. These unicorn stories. Yes, unicorn stories. And knowing the statistics is so grounding. So then she goes on to share that she went on, it wasn't until her 48th audition. And she said, I got that job. And my agent then, who is still my agent today, we've worked together for 16 years. She later asked me, how did you not quit? And she said, I don't want to offend you with this question. I was really getting worried. Most actors quit long before you do. And I I told her the story of my grandmother keeping me grounded. Here's what I want to say about, about that. First of all, most actors who book their first job don't have an agent. So already out of the gate, that's impressive that you had an agent. Your first book job is what gets you an agent. Then the next thing is Bryce Allen Howard, her first four films, would you like to guess who they were directed by? For Ron Howard, maybe. So she's in Apollo 13. She And they're small roles, but she's still, she's an adult in a beautiful mind. Like she's an adult. And those, her, and so don't reference unicorn stories as a Nepo baby. If you were plucked out of a cloud by a stork and delivered to one of the most recognizable actors and directors of the 70s, 80s, and 90s, who has count them 41 Oscar nominations, 41 Oscar, don't be like, you guys, you just have to persevere. It's easy to persevere when you don't have to worry about where your meals come from or if you can afford to get your car repaired or if you have to pay your rent. That's all I'm saying for all of the people. I know all of the actors listening who are Nepo Babies, we're a very popular podcast among them in the group text. And I just want to say, hey, stop it. Stop it. I still stop think it. it's that's bad, but it's worse to name your kid like Dealey Plaza because you conceive them where Lee Harvey Oswald shot JFK. It's like, just stop. You can't have, you can't have sex at Dealey Plaza. Just stop. Why would you do that? Why would you choose to memorialize for your Listen, child? Th- the crazy part is why would you do it? And then why would you interview about it and tell that story over and over again? Plus also, at least with the others, Carlisle and Cross, at least it's vague with Bryce. It's like, we did it all over Dallas. Like yeah. all over, like Veterans Stadium. It's like, well, that has. I'm, I think I was conceived at a Philly. God, uh, whatever Philly her name Eagles was. Game. Whatever her name was, Bryce Torchies Howard. Uh, uh, I don't that'd like be it. So good. Don't do that. <laughs> okay, um, what's your red light? My red light is. Uh, I'm gonna say me because I am in a state of consternation. Don't get tricked, audience. Don't get tricked. No, this is. I don't know what to do here. Oh. I don't. 
because I, you know, um, I had this like red light teed up of like, um, Jennifer Lopez and this is me dot, 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 dot now, you know, and like, it's a, so it's a, it's a song, but it's also a movie and it's a musical and I, 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 I didn't know where to land on it because all the, everything I'm looking at, right. Like all the, um, uh, all the, uh, circumstantial evidence suggests this is terrible, right? Like the description, uh, says, uh, uh, this is me dot, dot, dot now colon, which is, that's just too many. That's just too many periods in like too close of a proximity to each other. Yeah. Uh, a love story. It's like nothing you've ever seen from Jennifer Lopez alongside director Dave Myers. Jennifer has created a narrative driven cinematic odyssey steeped in mythological storytelling and personal healing. That's too much to contain in a movie dropping in tandem with her first studio album in a decade. This genre bending Amazon original showcases her journey to love through her own eyes with fantastical costumes, breathtaking choreography and star studded cameos. This panorama is an introspective retrospective. My God, what somebody shoot me in the face of Jennifer's resilient heart. Um, it also on the trail on the uh, I guess the movie trailer, it says from the heart, from the soul, from the dreams of Jennifer Lopez. Someone stop this woman. Uh, Derek Huff is in this movie, right? I watched the trailer. Did you see the trailer? Yeah. Did you did you watch this, Jamie? So here's I started watching it because I was okay. like, you know what? I'm gonna watch it. And I got about halfway through and I was like, this is almost decent. Like, okay. It's weird. It's almost because you see what they thought they could do something weird. It's like this Greek tragedy, drama, comedy. And you you see the bones of something good, but it, there is no meat on the bones. There Man, is no meat. And on that's the what bones. I'm trying to figure out because like, I'm I, again, I'm just a simple guy. I watch the trailer. I make some deductions. Yeah. I look at who's involved. Right. Um, Derek Huff is a principal element of this movie. Red flag. Um, there's right. there's a line reading to him or Jennifer uh, Lopez, who's always talking to people with no expression or emotion. Um, and she says, being with you feels like home, but I left home for a reason, which is, that's a stupid thing to say. Don't do that. Okay. And then uh, she also says, whenever someone asked me what I wanted to be when I grow up, and she says this to a guy, she's at therapy um, or she's like a, some kind of group therapy and they're both getting like donuts and he's just trying to live his life. Uh, she says, whenever someone asked me what I wanted to be when I grew up, my answer was always the same in love. And this, like, I just, I thought there's no way this is good. So then I, I, I shimmy over to Rotten Tomatoes and the score is 76% from the critics, 85 from the audience. So have I misinterpreted this trailer? Is this a conspiracy? Did the Dunkings juice up the score to make this look like it's better than it is? I, I just don't know what to think right now. I do think that JLo fans were encouraged specifically to go and review this. Like there was a, you know, which kudos to you, use your fan base sure. to get support. But critics, I don't think, I think critics were just like, you know what? It's fine. And That's, so what and happens when you, is, when you read some of the critical like blurbs, right. it's like, I don't it's know what this blurb. is, but it's a good day. So cool. <laughs> and that's and for those who don't know, Rotten Tomatoes, the way that they decide if a review is rotten or fresh is just if if it doesn't have a score in it, if they're like, well, the vibes are mostly positive. Sure. So it gets a fr- like it gets a score of a fresh when sometimes it's like 2.5. I give it a 2.5 and they count that as fresh. So sometimes they're bloated. They're just a smidge bloated. Yeah. I, a, a Metacritic gets a 61, which is still pretty decent. You know? It is decent. So Look, I guess it is visually like what he was doing visually like was really impressive. And the, there's so many parts. But listen, the best the best part of the whole movie is the Zodiac Council because she goes to the Zodiac Council to be like, why do I keep making decisions like this? 
So I was like, oh, I'm into this. And that is where the majority of the cameos are. The best part is you can tell they were never in the same room filming it. Mm. So they're so they're not reacting or interacting with each other. They're just delivering their lines. I would like for the record, would you like to know who portrayed each of your signs, including mine? Would you like to know who was the Sagittarius? Oh, this is you, tough because this is this should be clown music, but I have a vested interest in hearing this. No, so do. selfishly, yeah. I kind of want to hear it. Yes. Yeah, so Jane Fonda was Sagittarius and she killed it. She killed it. She was very good. She was very good. Um, so congratulations. You got Jane Fonda. Okay. Um, I was represented uh, by the delightful Kiki Palmer, which okay. also feels very on brand for a Scorpio. Aaron, would you like to know who represented Aries? Yes. Jay Shetty. Oh, no. <laughs> No, the, that's too on brand. Listen, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be honest with you. The only way it could have been worse is if you were uh, a Taurus. If you're listening and you were a Taurus, please know you were represented by Neil deGrasse Tyson. That's wow. way better than Jay Shetty. I don't yeah, know. Jay Look, Shetty's I don't tough. know anything People about Jay Shetty. People love Jay Shetty. I don't know anything they, about him. He has a podcast uh called On Purpose. Okay. And a lot of celebrities go on it. I'm sure it's and great. And then he officiated j-lo and ben affleck's wedding okay um and then wait are they married aaron again did they get married again no they've only been married this time oh really they're married right now aaron yeah right i didn't know that i thought they were just hanging out aaron sometimes it is hard to take you serious (laughs) i'll be honest with you i know i know that's what i mean were they not married the first time no they were only engaged really yes they broke off the when did they get married (laughs) in 2022 Really? Yes. I don't think I don't feel like there was anything. She did a six part newsletter about it, like that went all over the internet. That that assumes I'm subscribed to J Lo's. No, newsletter. I know, Come but on. you. This was not a newsletter centric event. This was a global pop. The cover of People. I literally have no recollection of this. I don't, I'm going to go look at it right now. I want you to go look at when they got married and what was going on in your personal calendar. And okay, was this like, I broke my arms playing pickleball. Was this a tuberculosis flame up? Like what was going on? Because uh, it doesn't bother me that you didn't real, realize they didn't get married originally. July, 2022. Okay. Let's see what I was But the fact that you did not know they were married now is, is, is stunning to me, honestly. Oh, I know. And then my favorite was J-Lo herself. She loves, she does love the Zodiac. And my favorite is she's a Leo and she's very connected to the fact that she's a Leo. So they're also talking about the fact that like, who can she be with? And she's like, I can't be with a Pisces, which I love. But Leo was represented by, of course, Post Malone, which is pretty fantastic. This he just... literally is like dressed like a lion. It's so fantastic. somehow I feel validated in my instinct being like, I would hate this movie. <laughs> Based yes. off what you just told me, uh-huh, uh, but also I think the world is wide enough for some people who are babies about their personal decisions and what informs those and motivates those <laughs> see, somehow liking this, you know? So I yeah. guess I, I still red light myself, but with some nuance, I guess. Jamie, do you have a green light this week? I do. I have two shows. Uh, th- and here's the best part, you guys. Half hour episodes. Both of them are on Netflix. You just need that one streaming platform. So the first one is the Vent Staple Show. Good Lord. This was just presented to me on Netflix when I opened it because I was going to watch my other green light. And when this was presented, I was like, oh, what is this? Let me look it up. It had great reviews. My Twitter had blown up about it. And so I was like, I'm going to watch it. So the Vent Staple Show stars Vent Staple, who is a rapper and now an actor. He created the show. It's uh, he. It's executive produced by Kenya Barris, who did uh, Blackish. And in the series, it's set in Long Beach, California. 
He plays himself as he maneuvers through satirical tales and situations. And y'all, this is the hardest I've laughed in a long time. Like, I mean this because it's, it's as if Atlanta and Barry had the weirdest but funniest baby because nothing is like grounded, but everything's chaotic. The, the robbery episode is, you can, all the, the jail episode is iconic. And the second episode is also, I texted a friend and was like, hey, I want you to watch this episode and just tell me what you think. And I immediately came back and she was like, holy cow, we've already blown all the way through it. Her and her like teenage boys had blown through it because it was so good. My favorite line is when the cops are, they have stopped him. This is not a spoiler. They stopped him and they said, I ran the plate. I think it's that guy from Abbott Elementary. And the other police officer go, who, the janitor? And he said, no, the rapper boyfriend, um, which is who Vince Staples was on Abbott Elementary. <laughs> so it was perfect. And then my other favorite green light this week is the TV show One Day on Netflix. So it's, uh, this is a perfect for this episode too, because it's a will they or won't they green light. One Day is a British TV series based on the 2009 novel by David Nichols of the same name. It was made into a movie in 2011 starring Anne Hathaway and Jim Sturgis, and it sucked. I hated it. I was so mad because I loved the book so much, but I think it was because it was meant to be a TV show the whole time because this sucker is fantastic. So this is the story of Emma and Dexter. Emma is played by, um, Ambika Maud, and who is new to me. And then uh, Dexter Mayhew is played by Leo Woodle, who is uh, in season two of The White Lotus and now dates Megan Fahey in real life. And he is very hot and he is a very sexy blonde British man who brings a lot of chemistry to this role. And each chapter, so one day, it is based on one day in their lives each year, the same day, July 15th, and it covers their lives for 20 years. And every episode, is and and they've kind of in the book it's 20 years they've consolidated it to like 14 years in the show but 30 minutes episodes their chemistry is a delight you're gonna fetal position from all the swooning you're gonna do it's so romantic and in this format what I love is that you get to experience more than just their coupledom or lack of because there is a lot of will they won't they um there's heartbreak there's family there's career ambitions it's so well done they're great in it I loved it absolutely go watch it you'll love it it's a great adaptation um my green light this week this is uh it's a netflix like pseudo doc you know it's it's that genre sweet spot i'm really liking where it's a documentary but it's not like a eight episode that should have been two uh this is just like i think it's a little over uh, i think it's like an hour 15 or 20 um and it's called bitcond uh and this is a documentary about um three uh i don't know how to say this uh slick florida dudes who uh, look to exploit cryptocurrency in the cryptocurrency market um, from a few years back to scam uh, millions of dollars, literally, from investors uh, as a way to, um, I guess, finance their 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 lifestyles, their choice of cars, uh, and stuff like that. Um, so it's not that dissimilar from um, uh, other documentaries about just scam artists, con artists. The different aspect of this is it focuses about uh, focuses on this guy Ray Trapani. Um, who really is there throughout the whole documentary, just coming, uh, commentating on what he did, how he did it, um, with a, a lot of honesty. But it reminded me a lot of BS High, of someone using something that's a little unregulated and ungoverned to uh, do something for themselves uh, and enrich their lifestyle. This is enriching uh, lifestyles on a whole nother level, though. Uh, but the uh, interesting part about this is where it ends. 
um, isn't exactly where you would think it ends. And there's even a little uh, meta scamming going on uh, within the scam. So there's levels. It's like a nesting doll scams going on, uh, which I thought was really interesting. Uh, but really uh, quick, easy, breezy um, uh, watch and also a pretty recent history. So uh, it wasn't that long ago that this stuff was happening, which I think gives it some relevancy. So BitCon on Netflix, I highly uh, recommend. All right. Congratulations to Netflix with all the green lights. Good job, guys. You are a good business, evidently. Um, okay, that's going to do it for this episode of the podcast. And before you go, remember, anytime you're doing shopping on Amazon, make sure you go to Amazon.com slash shop slash the podcast first. So you purchase your affiliate link for item using that link. This week was Jamie. This is this is a Reese's a Reese's peanut butter heart. Good job. Good Thank job. You. Here's the thing I'll say about Reese's peanut butter heart. They just look like scrotum. Okay. Oh, that's. It's not my preferred shape. I would never choose it. It's I think uh, it is the best combination of chocolate and peanut butter, though. And uh, I do think that's the, the problem. It's just so you got to keep it upright. You can't turn it over. Yeah, because you're going to be disturbed by what you see. That's like, true. Every time, especially I'm gonna be honest, the pink ones because they come in pink and brown. Oh, I didn't know that. They, yeah, and the pink one really it it has a vibe. It's not great, but this does have 2,000 global ratings, 4.7 stars. My favorite review was a one star review. Said present for wife ruined. Oh. And here's what I'm going to tell this reviewer. It was ruined when your present for your wife was peanut butter heart yeah. sure. from Reese's. He says, package of Valentine's chocolates ruined. Was left in the sun by the carrier. Now I have a box of melted chocolate for my wife. Useless. Very disappointed. Very upset. Again, fingers pointed back at you. Just go fingers to the store, man. Go to the store. Control the temperature. Just go to the store. Maybe buy something other than a $1.99 pack of chocolate. Or yeah. $2.99 pack of chocolate. Maybe do better for your wife. All right, you guys. Do not forget, next week, our tickets for the live show go on sale. Now, listen. If you're a B-Fots, you're going to get first dibs. But maybe you're not. You don't, Maybe you don't have budget right now to be a B-Fots. Just sign up for our newsletter, Note for the Audio, at noxandjamie.com slash newsletter. The link will be in the show notes. You will get dibs on Tuesday. And then, general public, you can go to noxandjamie.com slash live on Wednesday. All the tickets go live at 10 a.m. Central each of the days. You can sign up some tickets. We would love to see you in Dallas or Chicago this year. I'm Jamie Golden. You can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Jamie B. Golden. I'm Knox Coy. You can find me on socials at Knox McCoy. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. Bye, guys. Bye.